0: This podcast is part of the Darkness Collective. Visit darkness.org to discover more shows like this one. The Darkness Awaits.
1: Jerry and Tracy Pauly and their dog, Ninja. On Saturday, October 12th, you can catch Twisted Philly podcast live with acclaimed paranormal podcast, Hillbilly Horror Stories, at the Philadelphia Ethical Society on Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. The event begins around six-ish. We'll start with a meet and greet. Jeremy Collins from podcasts we listen to will be joining us as MC. Then Jerry and Tracy from Hillbilly Horror Stories will take the stage. They're coming all the way up from Kentucky to visit the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection and meet Twisted Philly listeners. After Jerry and Tracy, I'll share some of my favorite Philadelphia haunted history, tales I haven't shared on the podcast, which will only be available at the live show. Jeremy will host an Ask Us Anything. You can even get on the mic with your own paranormal experiences if you'd like to share. There will be time to shop for merchandise, we'll have giveaways, I'll have some prizes. It's going to be a spooky good time, getting everyone in the mood for Halloween. Tickets are just $20 for two live podcast shows on one night. I've got a link for tickets on Twitter and Facebook, and there's also information on Instagram. You won't want to miss this. We're going to have a blast. If you prefer to head home a little early, we'll be wrapping up before 9.30, so it won't be a late night. Or if you're up for spending a little time in the city, you can join me and Jeremy, Jerry and Tracy for a night out after the show. Rittenhouse Square has some of the best bars and restaurants in the city, just blocks from the Ethical Society. We can't wait to see you on the 12th. Hey guys, welcome to episode 165 of The Horror Stories. I'm Jerry.
0: Hey, it's me, Tracy.
2: Aren't you tired of being Tracy?
0: As a matter of fact, yes.
2: I mean, you've been in that body for like, what, like 175 <laughs> years or something. <laughs> convinced you're a vampire
0: <laughs> well you weren't you saw my shirt ahead, had right i
2: did i did see your yeah,
0: shirt Yeah, so i'm sort of like uh coming out of the closet
2: that's not the term
0: oh that's, coming out of the crib <laughs> yeah that's probably, oh wait a minute the coffin, probably, the coffin that's probably a
2: little closer oh okay. the coffin
0: <laughs> i'd be out y'all <laughs> God.
2: we should just start over okay so a couple of quick things before we get into the story
0: Happy birthday to my granddaughter, Addison. Happy birthday, girlfriend. I love you.
2: That's it okay. for me. Yeah, happy birthday. So I have a um, somewhat of a correction. I had a listener write in, and on last week's Point Pleasant show, I said and just kind of glossed over that the Battle of Point Pleasant was the first battle in the Revolutionary War. Yes. And I had a uh, a young young lady listener correct me and say that it was not the first, uh, and ask where I got my information and, and all that. And, I, and to be honest with you, I just glossed over it uh, when I said it was the first. The reality of it is there's some controversy on this, and if you do um, a Google search on this, you'll see what I'm talking about. The people in Point Pleasant say that's the first one and that's where we got the you know the majority of the information from was from talking to people in Point Pleasant
0: that actually live there
2: that actually live there but it, it, there's all kinds of conflicting reports now this one as the as the uh, listener pointed out to me, this battle took place 2 years before all the actual revolutionary war stuff mm-hmm. started happening. But a lot of people in Point Pleasant believe that this kind of started all of it even though it was 2 years before. Mm-hmm. So some people don't include this as part of because it was 2 years earlier, but they think that this actually was connected and in a sense was the start. So like a pre-war. Yeah, cuz I mean it's but so I mean Technically, you know, the battles of Lexington and stuff were the, the, ones, that, uh, the ones that everybody knows are the mm-hmm. ones that's primarily in the history books. But if you look this up, you will see there are a lot of people who think that this was the first battle. And I probably should have covered that in a little more detail like we're doing now last week uh-huh. um, to not clear up, you know, not have any confusion. But so was I wrong? Uh, maybe. Um, to a certain extent, but it is up for debate whether this was the first or not. It depends on really who you ask. But if you do a little Google search on was the Battle of Point Pleasant the first battle in the Revolutionary War, you will see that there are a lot of people who say this was the first. So so first I want to make sure that we thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent, including our K-9 units. Thank you guys so much.
0: Yes, thank you guys so much. We appreciate it, and uh, we pray for you every day.
2: And as usual, if uh, you're having a situation, uh, you're dealing with some hard times, you're having some issues that you don't know that you can quite cope with by yourself, Make sure you reach out and talk to somebody. Depression is not a dirty word. It's a mental illness. It's something that a lot of people deal with, probably people you talk to every day that you don't even realize. Just make sure you let people know that you're there for them if they need to, to reach out to somebody.
0: Absolutely.
2: Obviously, you can reach out to us or you can reach out to our group. Uh, we love to do nothing but uh help people in that situation who just need somebody that maybe they want to keep it a little more low key and they don't want everybody um, to know, but they feel like they're in a safe place. And that's what the group is. It's a safe place. And you can also call the suicide hotline number 1-800-273-8255. They also have a text line 741-741. I know we were talking to somebody the other day and they would much rather talk via text or, Mm -hmm. um, Online rather than in person over the phone. So yep. that's probably a lot of people.
0: Yeah, of course. It
2: just it seems safer that way, I guess. I mean not yeah. safer like somebody's gonna come through and attack you. I'm right. But I mean it just it just seems like it's a little more anonymous and Yeah, and, and maybe
0: now no, you're not as vulnerable or something. Yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly. All right. So tonight's show. I don't know how we have gone three years without doing a story from this city, but that drought is going to end tonight. Oddly enough, we've mentioned doing a show on Virginia City on several occasions, but I had always thought of just doing like one show, kind of like what we did uh, with Tombstone, where we just cover everything in the whole town. This is a pretty daunting task, so kind of like what we've done with Savannah, I'm going to just slowly pick it apart. So we'll do a bunch of stories from there eventually, but we're going to start with one tonight. And the one I chose to start with is not the most famous, But it was one that I liked, which was the Silver Queen Hotel. So let's do some history first on Virginia City. And then when we do uh, other stories on Virginia City in the future, we won't do the history behind the, the city. Virginia City is in Nevada, and it gained its fame back in 1859. Now, this was because the Comstock load, which was at the time the first big... Silver deposit ever found in the United States, states was discovered right there in these mountains.
0: Oh.
2: There were about 900 people who lived there at the time uh, of the discovery, but this quickly grew to about 25,000.
0: Oh, well, that's quick. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah.
2: The mine's output of silver, the mine's output of silver started to dwindle though by 1878, and so did the population. Today, the population, believe it or not, is back to about what it was before the discovery, about 900 people.
0: <laughs> oh, rude. <laughs> How are you just going to come and look for stuff and then just leave when you don't find it?
2: Right. So a lot of people, they know about the California gold rush. You've, yeah. You've heard about that a, a bunch. That was about 10 years before this deal with mm-hmm. the silver. But back then, silver was considered gold's equal. It was a worth about the same thing. As a matter of fact, all of the silver from coming from these mines for the most part was bought by the federal government to make coins out of. They also used it to pay debts and stuff. Hmm. So like to other countries and all that. So in 1873 the government demonetized silver because the international markets were flooded with silver mainly from the mines from Virginia City. Yeah. So there was gold our silver all over the world mainly coming from right there in Virginia City. So with that being said, there were several mining towns that sprung up in the area, but Virginia City is the most famous out of all of those. Now, most people who are into the paranormal will list Virginia City as one of the top five uh, most haunted cities in America. And we've talked about a lot of those with Savannah and New Orleans. Yeah. And, uh, but Virginia City is right there in the top. So before we get into the hauntings, I wanted to bring up the Great Fire of 1875, because I know you would love to talk about these fires. <laughs>
0: Haven't talked about one for a while, have we?
2: <laughs> no, not really. This, this was not the only fire, but it was the most destructive one. So between 1859 and 1875, Virginia City had several serious fires. But October 26th, 1857, that fire caused over $12 million in damage. Yeah. And think about what $12 million was back in 1857, how much damage that would have had to have been. It's said that it was a square mile of flames, Think about that.
0: Oh, What?
2: So if you drove a mile in every direction, all that was on fire. Wow. Over 2,000 people were left homeless. Virginia City was also the home of a famous author who lived there for a a little while. And this is where he got his pen name from. Uh, The author, originally known as Samuel Clemens, used his new pen name, of what?
0: Hmm. Let me think a second. Okay. Mark Twain? Mark Twain. <gasps> oh, yeah.
2: So at the time, he lived in Virginia City and was a reporter for the Territorial Enterprise, which was a newspaper there in town. But a little side note on, on uh, Mark Twain. So he eventually moved and he came back twice mm-hmm. to do like book tours and stuff like that and lectures. And the first time he came back, he got robbed. Somebody oh, stole no, a, he didn't. Somebody stole a $300 watch and some other stuff. But it was a prank. Oh. It was a, Some friends of his set it up. So he got all the stuff back, but he was still pissed about it. And he even wrote, and I can't remember the book, but there was a, a book that he wrote later, but he even mentioned it in the book. Like he made it part of the story. Like it was a made up deal, but it was Oh part but you wouldn't know but he only came back one other time after that and So that he's
0: not it. much much of a jokester, I guess. Yeah,
2: apparently not. <laughs> but you remember we did the story about how Mark Twain and I don't remember all the details, so I'll butcher it and somebody'll call and correct me that I'm wrong, so I won't get too much into details. But we did the the deal where he was born, I think, on when Haley's comic came. Oh. The day that it came, and then the next time it came was the day that he died because it's like Get out of here. some years. Yeah, oh. I think it was Haley's comet. But couldn't, but he was born on the day that it came, and then when it came back, he died on the same oh day. Oh my he, gosh. he called his own death. Like before that, he had said that he was going to die, you know, when the comet came or something. But he kind of knew what was going to happen.
0: Oh, to how interesting! That's and cool. I'm sorry he died, but that's cool though.
2: So the Bucket of Blood Saloon is probably the most famous haunted place here in Virginia City. Uh, there's also Gold Hill Hotel, St. Mary's Art Center, the McKay Mansion. Uh, they get the Story County Courthouse, which is that's that's all in Story County right there. And then uh, there's a bunch of other ones that we'll will eventually cover. The Delta Saloon's another one that's kind of a big one. But tonight we're going to talk about the Silver Queen Hotel and Wedding Chapel. All right. So let's jump into it. The Silver Queen Hotel is located on 28C Street North. And that's right in the middle of Virginia City. If you've ever seen pictures of not just the hotel, but the city, it looks like an old ghost town. It looks just like you would expect it to look on one of these cities on Gunsmoker, Bonanza, or something like that. It was built in 1876. It's got 28 rooms. Some of them have 16 foot tall ceilings.
0: What? Why? What is the reason for that?
2: I mean, why wouldn't you? Back then, that's just everything was elaborate. You know, tall ceilings were a sign of wealth and everything back in the
0: day. Well, I guess that's true. Dang, I bet that was a bitch trying to clean those ceiling fans. (laughs) It probably was.
2: (laughs) Okay. So it's got a reputation for being one of the most haunted locations in town. By the way, you can still stay there. But don't expect to have a TV Don't expect to have air conditioning. Oh, yeah, no. That's a big no
0: for me. Not Mm going to happen.
2: Apparently, rooms 11 and 13 are the hot spots here, according to people online that have stayed there and and left some reviews and stuff like that, and to most paranormal investigators. And we're going to get into some of those reasons here in a little bit. The most famous ghost of the hotel is that of Rosie. Now, Rosie is a classic story that we often hear about, especially when it comes to haunted hotels And I've heard two or three different versions of the story as far as Rosie's concerned, and they they do vary a little bit. Now, most say, and this is the most common story, that she was a sex worker who committed suicide by slashing her wrist in the bathtub of room 11. And that's why room 11 is supposed to be haunted. This was back in the 1800s. There was no reason given for the suicide Uh, But, you know, as far as any of the accounts that I've seen, as far as that part of the story goes. Now, some accounts say that Rosie was a woman that was waiting for her lover to return. And after it became clear that he wasn't going to show up, then she committed suicide. At least for that one, you would have a reason why she did it. But there's even a third story that said that she got jilted by the lover. Same thing. But then she killed her baby and then killed herself. But that's the least, uh, the least popular of the three of the three versions that I saw.
0: Well, I don't believe that. I think she was probably tired of doing sexual favors.
2: They're not favors if you're getting paid for it. Well, that's that's a choice.
0: That is true. Hmm.
2: That's an occupation that someone chooses. Okay. So.
0: Strike in, that. In, in in
2: her situation as the story was told I mean obviously that's not always the case if yeah. somebody's held amongst uh, you know against their will or something but in this situation it was said that she was just that's just how she made her money there's no actual record though that there ever was a Rosie
0: nah.
2: who ever committed suicide in a hotel or even existed for that matter as far as you know in, in that way a, a sex worker or any of that well, how do people just make up crap? Well, I don't know. But we're going to get into the fact that the staff workers believe that the place is haunted, no matter who it is. But that's still the story that's been attached to it, you know, the whole way. So mm-hmm. they, they buy into the story. Rosie apparently prefers men because those are the rooms that she visits the most frequently. And she has a habit of tapping on the doors at nighttime, jiggling door and stuff, handles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So one woman who was staying at the Silver Queen on vacation, she had so many experiences, paranormal experiences, during her stay that she started her own paranormal research group up in Oregon.
0: Oh, dang. That's lucky.
2: Yeah. So guests have heard tapping on the door when uh, the hallways are empty. They've had curtains move from an apparent breeze, even when there is no breeze at all in the room and no windows open and no way to cause a breeze. We discussed no air conditioning. Some guests have reported a mist floating right above their bed.
0: It's probably holding us a mist of water. It's probably (laughs) hot in that place.
2: (laughs) Some guests have even reported strange messages left on their cell phones, even though their phone never rang.
0: Wait. What year was this?
2: The guests can stay there now, Tracy. Oh. We're not going (laughs) to... Why is it every time we have a cell phone story... (laughs) So, yes,
0: well, I thought we were still back in the day, and then you start talking about cell phones. I must have missed a sentence or something.
2: You missed a whole lot of sentences. <laughs> <laughs> My God! Several guests have felt like someone sitting on the uh, the edge of their bed, and they can even see the imprint on the bed as they're staring at it.
0: Ooh, their buttocks imprint?
2: Could be. Could be an arm. Could be a leg. Oh, no, I'm assuming. Most of these incidents are thought to be Rosie. Now, Rosie's even been thought to uh, be seen on the staircase, as far as like an apparition on the staircase.
0: Like Rosie's cheeks on the bed? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go ahead.
2: One man got so tired of hearing his door knocked on in the middle of the night and being woken up that he yelled at Rosie to go away. He said he heard loud footsteps stomping away down the hallway. (laughs) There's a lot of comments... By people saying they heard footsteps, Mm -hmm. footsteps, and even even the owner. And what makes that a little more unusual is the whole place is carpeted, but the footsteps—the footsteps are really loud, and with the carpet,
0: a whole lot of Rosie. (laughs)
2: Boy, you are (laughs) (laughs) just—you're just on it today. I
0: know. Well, she's a bigger dude. I mean, oh yeah, (laughs) she could probably mash down on that carpet. Mm.
2: I'm not going to say anything. (laughs) I say most of the incidents are attributed to Rosie, but there's some other ghosts that live in this place apparently too. One of which is a young lady named Annie. Annie shows herself as a shadowy apparition as well as letting you hear her footsteps, which are supposed to be softer than Rosie's, leading to your... (laughs) (laughs) You can sometimes hear her disembodied voice, and she also likes to make tapping sounds. Now, her story is that she was killed in a fight with a man during the early days of the hotel during the Silver Rush days. And some say that this scene is basically just being replayed out like a residual haunting
0: Mm -hmm.
2: over and over for guests to just happen to occasionally just see the fight.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's tiresome.
2: So we've got a couple of cool accounts to tell you about, but I wanted to tell you a few cool facts first. Um, The previous owner, I thought this was funny, Charles Tiny Carlson. Now, his daughter, Connie, still owns the place, and she runs it. But he had a lot of fun facts. Now, sadly, Tiny died back in 2010. Mm Mm-hmm. He originally came to Nevada to play football back in 1948, and he eventually got a job at Harold's Club in Reno working at the craps table at the casino. He went by his middle name, which was Tennis T-I-N-N-A-S, and that's what they called him at the casino. But one night, he had to be paged over the intercom. And uh, once they paged him, the supervisors said, uh, that sounds too much like penis. So from this point on, your name will be Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like 6'4", 270 pounds. So I thought it was funny. But I, saw, I saw an interview with him, and um, he bought the hotel back in 1990. Now, he was really familiar with Virginia City mm-hmm. way before then. So he shared a little bit of information. But he bought it back in 1990, and he said that they didn't even have bathrooms when he bought it. You talk about air conditioning. In 1990, they didn't even have bathrooms in the place. Most had outhouses. What? Yep. It's now got bathrooms. It's got 28 rooms and four apartments. And a lot of the rooms have been remodeled. He said back in the 1960s, several big-name musicians used to hang out and perform there, such as Liberace, John Davidson. Tennessee Ernie Ford nice, and Janis Joplin.
0: Oh, nice.
2: And he said that they would all go down and they would jam at the Silver Stope, which is a gift shop now. But back then it was a jazz club and people would go. Down. I don't think all those four particularly went down there and jammed together. I can't imagine Liberace and uh, Tennessee oh, yeah, Ernie that'd Ford and Janis quite the, Joplin all performing together. Yeah, that'd be cool, though. But like a bunch of them used to come. It used to be like a big hangout for stars mm-hmm. that would just hang out there. Matter of fact, the Captain and Snell you remember them.
0: Um, Love will keep us together.
2: You would think, but they're divorced Into now, so. Me. And she's dead, ain't she? I don't think so. She might be.
0: Oh, no, I'm thinking of uh, the skinny lady with the... Karen Carpenter? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, about.
2: they're nowhere near the same. Oh. Anyway, but... They got married there at that must wedding grad, chapel.
0: Muskrat, remember that song?
2: Yeah, we're done with the Captain. Except for the fact <laughs> that they got married at that wedding chapel there at the Silver Queen mm-hmm. in 1975, and they renewed their vows in 1997. Very cool. And now they're divorced. Oh, so it's probably bad luck. <clears throat> he talked about, you know, we talked or we talked about the, the no bathroom thing in 1990. But I also discovered that most of the rooms only have one electrical outlet.
0: Can you imagine that? One outlet in today's world.
2: One. Well, but that's because when this place was built, it was built before electricity, and it's got pretty solid walls. So it's really hard to run all of the wiring that you would need through the whole place to get all the electricity now. So they've just taken the easy way out and done it the best that they can. So it makes it kind of tough for paranormal investigators in there with a bunch of equipment because there's only one outlet. <laughs> they're a lot of surge protectors. Oh, yeah. I hope the wiring is up because, I mean, I can imagine people probably do bring surge protectors. I'm
0: sure. Yeah.
2: So they're running everything off of that smaller circuits and stuff like that. All right. So let's get into a couple of the bigger incidents that happened here. And then we'll finish with a few of the, the, the shorter ones. This first story is from a guy named Greg Latimer, and he's from Mysterious Destinations Magazine. He's their research director, matter of fact. He gets to the hotel, uh, and they were supposed to be staying in room 11, because 11 and 13 are supposed to be the two haunted ones. He wants to stay in 11 because that was Rosie's room. So it turns out the key that they were given was for room 12 instead, and the front desk was already now gone, so they had to stay in room 12. So what happened was... They they got there I guess checked in they didn't go to the room they went and did some other stuff and then they went and uh, took a tour with Virginia City Tours.
0: I would have went down there and looked for the other key.
2: Well, well, yeah, I guess they probably could have probably found it, and I don't know how those keys are. It could I don't oh. know if it's like regular key. No, it, it's it, no, it, it's not a sliding key. It's a regular key mm-hmm. like you see in some of these old ones. So. But anyway, so, so they didn't go straight to the room. And this is one of those places after a certain time, front desk just leaves. Just like when we're staying in Point Pleasant, they leave there. Once, once it gets to like 11 o'clock or 10, whatever, they're gone. So there is nobody there to help you if you need something. Great. <laughs> but anyways.
0: That's stop, just really great.
2: There. So that was the situation here. So they, they, now they're going back to the room. It's after the tour and everything. Everybody's done going home. Now they realize they've got the wrong key. They tried to tried it on room eleven, mm-hmm. didn't work. So then they had to figure out that it was room twelve, and um but they knew that room eleven was unoccupied. They could tell that there was nobody in there. So they go into their room. It's all decked out in eighteen hundred decor. They were here at the hotel earlier, like I said, with the Virginia City Ghost Tours, and they were using their uh, EMF detectors, which mm-hmm. obviously tells you electric. Uh, electricity in the air, that type of thing, to be able to tell. And that's what a lot of ghost hunters use to tell that there might be an energy nearby because they like to suck out energy. The ghost, not the EMF. (coughs) They weren't getting much in the hallway when they were there with the group, but now all of a sudden they're getting all kinds, which is odd because it's the same place. There's no more electricity in there. It shouldn't be any different, but it's much higher now. It was the highest right around... Room 11's doorway, of course, the one they can't get into, and through the hall going towards the stairs. So they get into their room. They set all their equipment out, and uh, they brought flashlights, a digital recorder, and several EMF detectors, and they invited entities to kind of communicate with them. He said they got almost an immediate response they had emf uh, interaction that almost seemed intelligent because it was responding to their question so i guess they were probably getting spikes yeah. on the emf when they asked certain questions he said these interactions would ask what would last about 30 to 45 minutes before they would stop but it happened several different times during the night where they could it would pick back up again so that's pretty cool greg said it was one of the most compelling experiences that he'd ever had working with mysterious destinations magazine
0: Well, he would have crapped himself if it was in room eleven.
2: Oh yeah, I can imagine. You know. So you know we were talking about Rosie and Annie, but the area that is down at the wedding chapel, now, that used to be a makeshift morgue back when the ground was too frozen to bury people who died back in the eighteen hundreds. They would keep them in that room. Mm. So there, no telling who could be.
0: Yeah, lingering in that. Yeah.
2: So here's my favorite story. Of the plays. This, uh, this is from Julie Christensen. Now, she's a writer and, uh, for a contributing network for Yahoo. So she wrote an article in 2011 about her experience at the Silver Queen Hotel. She said that she tiptoed down the long hallway. She went towards room 11. Now, at the end of the hall, there was a very heavy feeling to kind of hit her. She said she heard a growl down by the door. She walked midway down the hall from where her room is. She stood there. She said something just wasn't right. And then she felt and heard something running toward her. So much so that she took a few steps back and kind of gasped. She quickly turned around, went into her room, and she told her friend that was traveling with her what had just happened. Now they both go out into the hallway. Same thing I would do. (laughs) (laughs) Just as they walk past the room next to theirs, they're standing next to the door, and the door slams shut. So they assume they've probably been too loud to aggravate whoever their neighbors are. They continue to walk down the hall. Then, running towards them, something running towards them started again, just like she experienced earlier. It felt like an entity was coming fast upon you, she said. It happened several times during their time in the hallway. Every time they were in the hallway, they would experience this. So eventually they decided they were going to go back to the room, try to get some sleep. They both said that it felt very uneasy and oppressive in the room. So they chose to sleep with the lights on and their clothes on. They didn't even bother to change the clothes. In case
0: they wanted to get out and run. In case huh? they
2: needed to get out. They said they heard tapping on their door the entire night and heard whispering in the hallways. In the room next to them, they could hear a bunch of shuffling around and uh, and moving around. Early the next morning, they could hear people, obviously, leaving the hotel. You know, all the clutter and like all the checking, out, around, checking or... out and all that stuff. You could, they could hear people moving down the hallway and all that. So here's what makes the story extra creepy. Julie goes downstairs to check out that morning. And she noticed that the assistant or whoever is handling the front desk, he's down there having some coffee. So she sits down, she starts talking to him, and she asks him, she asks him how many guests were at the hotel the night before. He informs her that they were the only guests.
0: Stop it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there,
2: there was also no hotel staff on duty at the time that they were there.
1: So oh. they had been the
2: only people in the hotel the entire night. So when you figure they had the door slammed next to them, the yeah. people feeling running, the, the the activity in the hallway they could hear, the whispering throughout the night, the people clamoring the next morning to go, they were the only people in the hotel.
0: Damn. If they had, oh, my gosh. They probably they freaked out then.
2: I'm sure they did. So Connie Carlson, she owns the place now. That's She took over for her dad. She was helping him run it anyway, but she took over for him uh, after he passed away in 2010. She said the hotel promotes the hauntings, and they keep a book of guests uh, for the guests to list their experiences, Mm -hmm. like we were talking about the other night. Connie, by the way, has had some experiences of her own. She said she's heard footsteps on an empty balcony at night, and she's constantly having to replace items that have fallen off of shelves in the bar. And she uses the term fallen in quotation marks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, anyways, that's the story of the... uh, silver queen hotel in virginia city that's
0: cool i kind of let go there
2: yeah that would be cool but there's no air conditioning
0: oh well maybe we can go in the winter time yeah
2: we can go when it's a little bit cooler
0: yeah that'd be all right
2: so but you know like i said there's a whole bunch of cool places like um the what's the the bucket of blood is like famous for so and so many people were killed there that's why they call it the bucket of blood obviously uh, but then you've got the suicide card table that's there, which we'll end up doing a story on. almost did it one time when, as usual, I put off everything Virginia City. I don't know why. But I almost did a story on it when we did our cursed items mm-hmm. that time. And I'm trying to decide on whether we're going to do another cursed item and use that that card table in there. Because it's, uh, I don't know if you remember the story, but I'm not going to get any details. But it's, a, it's an old table that people played cards at that there was just a lot of deaths associated with that table Mm -hmm. and the people who've owned it subsequently. And now it's basically in that, uh, that one saloon, they've got it like down in the basement area as part of like a museum exhibit. (laughs) Very nice. So really cool. So Tracy. Um, we're going to do the Patreons and stuff like that. I need to touch base on a couple of important subjects. And right after we do that, I've got another cool little, um, stories that I pulled off of uh, some websites of people who stayed at the hotel and some experiences they had. So we are, when you're listening to this, if you're listening on Sunday night, when, when it's released, we are six days away from Point Pleasant. Yes. And what is that? 13 days away from Philadelphia. So that's the last two shows, public shows of the, of the year.
0: Except for?
2: That's not a public show.
0: Oh. They're mine.
2: <laughs> it's probably, for real, it will probably be public, but we're going to have to wait till a little bit closer before we can announce it. That. But that's the one in Bardstown. It's a private event, usually, but I think they're wanting to try to open it up and get some more people out. Oh, okay. So, we, but as it gets closer, we'll release details of that. But as far as buying tickets, because that'll be a free event. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as buying tickets, uh, the only uh, two left is Point Pleasant. Correct. And Philadelphia. I can't wait. I Twisted know. I can't
0: wait either. All right, guys, our iTunes reviews. We had a lot of great ones this week. B Mark 63, Minnie the Pup. Oh, wait a minute. That's Winnie the Pup. (laughs) Dishman 1, Marty 65432, Rock Rack 3, Monster Mommy 2821, I Like Pickles 69. Girl, I like me some pickles too. (sighs) Gross. And Cam Dance jeez uh, lee says hi kim chick toe girl and razy O'Daisy. daisy thank you guys for your wonderful reviews we love them so much
2: yes thank you so much for these reviews they help us so much more than you realize and uh, that's that's the world to us you know podcasters I'll, I'll share something with you So, podcasters are always talking about patreon and this and that and how to make money and if they want to make money the reality of it is advertising does more than anything that's where that's where if you ever want to try to make a living it's basically going to probably come from advertising dollars and advertising dollars are based on how many listens that you get so contrary to what some podcasters out there will tell you just by listening to the show and leaving reviews that cause other people to listen to the show, you are supporting the show, even if you don't give a single penny.
0: Absolutely.
2: So the if you can go to iTunes and leave a review, it helps us get more listeners, which in the end will actually help make money for the show. So that's my thing. So if you could go leave a review and, and haven't already, we would greatly appreciate it. It's an easy, cheap way to support the show.
0: Yes. Thank you, guys. And then um, our Patreons this week was Kelly Cripps. Kelly, thank you so much.
2: I think technically that would be Patreon.
0: But I – oh, You Patreon. said Patreons. <laughs> 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 well, we appreciate you, Kelly. Thank you so much, sweetheart.
2: Uh, that reminds me when we – uh when i started the new show with amanda and i looked at it and it says on uh, the stats it says listens and it had one we had one listens <laughs> <laughs> by the way if um the new show uh drops the first three episodes of warning you will be offended with myself and amanda that comes out wednesday the second so we're gonna drop the first three episodes all at once and then it would be bi-weekly after that if you haven't went and signed up yet, it's in most places. Still, Podbean doesn't have it up. I don't think iHeart has it up yet. It's submitted to all of them. Why it's taken so long, I don't know. Uh, it's only been it's been like two weeks. But it's up on all the major ones: iTunes and uh, Spotify. What's the other ones? Bunch of them. Yeah. Stitcher. All the all, most of the big ones. It's on already. So if you like that kind of crude humor, go. Sign up, subscribe today, and there's a preview episode up. It's about 13 minutes long. Gives you a chance to hear something on it. But all the other episodes will drop on Wednesday. All right, so I got a couple little short stories here, Tracy, to tell you. And of course, I don't know. You've heard of a show called Ghost Adventures? Was that? Yeah, Megan of course. Trying? Yeah, I thought, I thought so. <laughs> I
0: think I've heard of it. <laughs> I know they, I've heard of Zach. <laughs> they actually,
2: they actually had a pretty cool picture from here that they think. Yeah. Um might have been rosy but it actually is one of the better
0: things that they've came
2: up with on the show so you can actually go uh, look that up on google and find that or find the episode that they did which i don't remember which episode it was but here's a couple of things this one's from uh, june 13th of 2015 so my mom did not believe in ghosts but heard children running up and down the halls at 2 a.m she asked the owner what parent would let their children run amok at 2 a.m and which time the owner said that there were no guests in the hotel with children.
0: Okay, that's funny because what if that was the case when we were at that hotel and all that racket was going on upstairs? But we know that's not true.
2: That definitely wasn't kids upstairs. <laughs> they might have been trying to make a couple.
0: Oh, that's crazy. So there was nobody in the hotel
2: that had kids.
0: That had kids. Yeah. Okay, gotcha.
2: This is from Margaret. This is from June 10th of 2015. We stayed in room 18 on June 8th. We do not believe in ghosts and supernatural experiences. Yet, when I w- woke up with the first run, uh, sun rays, I remembered clearly having heard first laughing and then moaning sounds by a woman. Oh. No other guests were in the hotel on this Monday night.
0: Did you say sun rays?
2: That's what she said. I'm just reading the review.
0: So she heard a woman moaning. Yep, like and oh, and mm.
2: f- laughing and moaning, <laughs> mm.
0: like that. <laughs>
2: I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's how that was or not.
0: <clears throat> Dang, that is. What is up with all these noises, man? Nobody. <laughs> okay, stop. Why ain't there anybody in these hotels? Is what I want to know.
2: Well, that's true, and I, I would imagine that most of the time you know that you do hear that a lot though we're the only ones here we're the only ones here i would never stay in a
0: hotel if i was the only one i don't know how they
2: stay open when well i mean they stay open because they do ghost tours and everything else that are well i guess i
0: mean that makes sense but i'd be kind of weary about that
2: all right so but keep in mind too like this hotel there's no reason to be in virginia city other than for the ghost
0: Oh, well, that makes sense. So, I mean, it's not like it's just on
2: the way, so we'll stop off and get a room for the night. It's not where you're going. You're going to Virginia City because you want to go to Virginia City. This is from Misty from June 28th of 2015. Rosie is totally here. I got pics of her, too, and may have taken her with me for a night away from the hotel.
0: Oh, dang. I'd like to see those pictures.
2: Well, see if you can figure out who Misty is, but I have very limited uh, information on her. (laughs)
0: That's kind of a big tease, man.
2: <laughs> this one's anonymous. It's like a whole lot of Rosie was a big tease. <laughs> so a, there's a group of five of us in total. We stayed in room 11 and 13. While uh, we were in room 13, we had the room dark. We were using video using tape with our cell phone. And as we the video taped, the room, uh, I had an orb come straight out at me from the sink area. And it was the size of a softball. It was huge. One of the other girls got an orange orb flying around. Seems like hundreds of smaller orbs were flying around everywhere. It was so awesome.
0: That's pretty... You ever wonder what those girls think about these cell phones? Like, what is that? What is that device?
2: Probably the same thing that we think about. um, You're dead, but you're still here.
0: Oh, that's fair.
2: Or it's probably like, hey, something else I can suck energy from. (laughs) Another battery! Yay! <laughs> I
0: wish
2: they would bring a car up to the room. I <laughs> <that> vibrators don't. <laughs> you know she was thinking
0: exactly <laughs> 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 This is from Eileen. We'd be like
2: <laughs> 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 Speaking of which, this is from Eileen Penrod. She said, this is from March 31, 2016. I stayed there for my son's 14th birthday last month, and it was great. We had room 13, which is known for paranormal activity, and I was able to capture a large orb in our room and an appreciation right in front. Oh, it says ap- appreciation. I think it meant appar- apparition. apparition. <laughs> an apparition right in front of room 11. Lots of activity on EVP. Whoever said that it's not haunted is not correct. We had a great time. The rooms are fun, and the staff is great.
0: Nice. You oh, guys, go. so, we need to go.
2: Do you know how far?
0: How far is that?
2: It's in Nevada, so it's about like going to Vegas.
0: Oh well, what? Well, it's even not. More. It's not that
2: far from Vegas. Even fact. more reason. All uh, the more reason to go broke.
0: Oh, I would love to go there so bad, though. Seriously. What if we just went
2: there and never went to Vegas and just went there?
0: I'd be down. No, you wouldn't. I would be so down. They probably have one of those casinos out there like on uh, on uh, Chevy Chase's movie. Oh, maybe. You know, where you go to the casino and you play rock, paper, scissors. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, that was fun. Yeah. Oh. All right. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate everything you do. Coming up the next couple weeks, I do want to bring up the fact that we're going to be traveling. So the, uh, what we've done in the past is similar to what we're going to do this time. We're, we've got uh, some Patreon episodes that we'll mix in with some new stuff. So if you've already heard the Patreon episode, which a couple of hundred of you have, uh, this will be, you know, I'll, I will have some new content in there for you, but I know next week we're doing a short story combined with a short story from Patreon. So the, the but you know, that's the with the traveling we're doing right now, and then uh, I've got some other work related stuff that I'll fill you in on the next show. That's really taken way more of my time than we usually have. So with the travel, with this going on, uh, like I said, it'll it'll be more clear next week when I tell you. But that's uh, that's why we're doing that, and then we'll be back. Uh, trust me, after you hear next week's news, you'll know that going forward, after these couple episodes, everything will be bigger and better. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that funny? No so it's exciting all right guys
2: thank you so much and we will talk to you next week
0: have a blessed week guys we love you
2: are you sick of everybody being so sensitive these days
0: no matter what you say everyone gets offended
2: Then we've got the podcast for you. I'm Jerry.
0: I'm Amanda. And we're the hosts
1: of Warning You Will Be Offended.
2: A podcast with no filter. If you're offended easily, this is not the podcast for you. We can't even talk about most of the topics on this promo. You won't want to miss Amanda's Fact of the Week.
0: Ooh, can I tell them about torso porn?
2: Absolutely not.
1: Can I tell them what color whale poop is?
2: No. So subscribe today to Warning You Will Be Offended.
1: It's pink! Damn it!